Please try again. Welcome to Talking with Tiger, the Washita Sports Digital Network Podcast. Welcome to Talking with Tigers, the podcast of the Washita Sports Digital Network, the student sports media production of the Rogers Department of Communication at Washita Baptist University. My name is Chris Babb. I'm the director of OSDN, and we've got a full episode for you today, so we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy episode three of Talking with Tigers. We'll have a couple of students on our program today, along, and we'll finish up with an interview with Rex Nelson, the longtime voice of the Washita Football Tigers. Our first interview of today's podcast in Episode 3 is with Bates Yoakum. Bates is a junior communications and media major with a sports media emphasis from Fayetteville, Arkansas, a long family tradition of attending Washita. Bates is involved in OSDN, but he's also involved in the sports information office at Washita. Bates uh, sat down with me to talk a little bit about his experience with OSDN and with sports information. And then also we will hear Bates interview another student, Matthew Branch, later in the program. But here's my interview right now with Bates Yoakum of the Washita Sports Digital Network and the Washita Sports Information Office. Chris Babb here with Washita Junior Bates Yoakum of Fayetteville, Arkansas, active in the Washita Sports Digital Network. Bates, thanks for hopping on today. We want to talk a little bit about you, but also talk about uh, uh, some of the things that you've been involved in at Washita. Uh, kind of tell us about how you got to Washita and uh, what some of your interests were when you came uh, to campus. Yeah, so um, I kind of grew up with Washita my whole life. Both of my parents are Washita grads. Um, and so I kind of grew up with that culture of like always being a Washingtonian, even if for the better part of 15, 16 years, I was kind of against it. I always wanted to go my own path. I always thought my own path would be different from Washita, but the Lord had other plans and Washita was where I was meant to be. And I've enjoyed every second of it. But, uh, coming in as a freshman, I was actually a biology major, um, loved science still, uh, loved it in high school, really thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, and then I had a job my freshman year working for the baseball team and I really enjoyed just like being around all the guys and just like the sports feel of it all. And so my spring semester freshman year, I decided to take um, sports journalism, which at that time, Dr. Root was the one that uh, taught that class. And I was like, you know what? I'm not enjoying biology that much. I love (laughs) science, but I'm not a very good active studier. And so I thought, well, if I take this class and I enjoy it, uh, maybe I'll switch to communications. And sure enough, I took that class and it was just like everything and everyone in that class just like clicked. And immediately within like two weeks, I kind of was like, yeah, I need to change my major. This is this is what I want to do. Um, and that class was kind of what formed uh, the idea of OSDIN, um, just from the different projects and stuff Dr. Root had us doing. He saw that we all had a passion for each and everything we were doing um, and, you know, brought the idea to us of like, would you want to expand on this more? Would you want more sports classes? And throughout the whole semester, we all just kind of bonded, and that's kind of how uh, everything started three years ago. So, And the Roar Rundown being one of those uh, mm-hmm. that uh, yep. came out of a class, Tiffany Lee and Josh Salem kind of hosting that, and now that's gone on to, to spread to many people who are in our sports media uh, program uh, at Washita. Some of the things, uh, before we get into what else you're involved with uh, in the athletic side and how you got to that, but what do you think some of the, the um, I guess, the valuable aspect of that, of the students being able to come in and being a part of, whether it's the Roar Rundown, whether it's some of our uh, live streaming of events, what are some of the things that you think personally that you've learned uh, as a part of some of those projects? Um, well, as Dr. Root always taught, uh, and still teaches us today, it's it's always good to build your skill sets with as many wide range of uh, skills as possible. And OSDIN allows us to do that. It allows us to not only like get a head start on it and gain skills in video work or, you know, being behind the camera directing um, or running graphics, but also like being able to do it on our own. I mean, you and you and, you know, Dr. Root are always there to help us. But what I really like about OSDIN is that we're able to kind of do it on our own and grab it for ourselves. 
Um, you know, we learn about it a little bit in the classroom, but then a lot of it has just come from us just practicing and showing up and, um, and just learning on the job. And I really, I really enjoy that because I'm getting experience um, that I can use hopefully in the future. Um, and then also just like the family that's kind of been formed from it. Um, we're all super, super close. Uh, we all we all love hanging out with each other and joking around with each other, whether it's in the group me or on Zoom or obviously in person. Um, but just having like another group on campus, um, you know, that isn't, you know, your really good friend group or your social club or, you know, who else, whoever else. It's it's this other kind of unnamed club almost that you have. And, and it's really nice. So another thing you're involved with on campus, uh, you know, you get some experience in the sports information office working for a former sports information director at Washtenaw, then also uh, having to fill in and, and help out some in the in the interim period. What are some of those skills that you believe you've uh, learned that you'll be able to uh, take on with you? Uh, writing for sure. Um, I've always enjoyed writing, even in high school. Um, even though I enjoyed science a lot, I always, I always was weirdly like, I always really liked writing. Um, and, and so it's something that I've always enjoyed doing and doing it for sports is, uh, really fun for me. And so getting to write all the game stories, uh, for the website for athletics, whether it's basketball or softball or, or baseball. And that was more for me the last couple of years, but now we've kind of got a few other people to, to, you know, to run that show. But that is one thing that I, that I've really valued and getting to know another one is just getting to build relationships with these coaches um and working on kind of the communication skills like when you're in a position like this um where you're working for an athletic department getting the communication skills necessary to communicate with the soccer coach or the you know men's tennis coach and some of these other sports that may not be as big as you know football or um baseball or basketball um and so getting to like learn how to communicate with those people and you know cater to to their needs as well as you know football or baseball or basketball is is something that i've really taken away too and, and how to you know balance your time because obviously i'm a student too full-time student and I, you know i do stuff with Washington sports digital network and i do stuff with my social club um and so I, and work takes a lot a lot for me from this athletic department but I, but i enjoy doing it and i always make sure i try to balance my time evenly and that's that's definitely something again that i've taken away and just um, just saying yes to every possible opportunity I can take is another uh, another good thing that I've taken away from this. So, After this interview, we'll have your interview with Matthew Branch. Matthew is a junior at Washita from Whitehall, Arkansas, a member of the Washita Sports Digital Network crew also. Uh, he also was the uh, voice of the uh, uh, Tiger baseball and the softball team this spring, so he's going to have the interview with the seniors uh, from the Washita baseball team that airs on the this week's uh, uh, Roar Rundown. So if you're listening to this podcast, we invite you to check out the Roar Rundown YouTube page so you can check out Matthew's interview and also other episodes of the Roar Rundown. But, Bates, you were in the middle of this also. This was a schedule of uh, weekends. I know in talking to you, it's like, you know, we've got this this weekend, we've got softball this weekend, then we have baseball, we've got some tennis, we've got this, uh, then spring football start up. Coach Sharp in his interview in last week's episode uh, talked to Josh about it almost, he, he kind of, uh, you know, equals it to a car going 75 miles down the interstate, 75 miles an hour down the interstate and all of a sudden just going to zero, you know, and that's, it was oh, yeah. just a weird, uh, weird time in college athletics to go from having such a, uh, a fast and furious pace schedule to everything being shut down uh, mm -hmm. on the sporting side of it. And that had to be uh, very strange for you as a student uh, in the sports information office. Oh, it definitely was. Um, you know, we got out, I think March 13th or 14th was like our last day on campus. Um, and it was like the end of February, I believe was our last weekend for crossover weekend, which is where you have multiple different sports on the same day. So like the last few weeks of this, the, you know, the shortened semester we had, I would go from working um, a baseball or softball game um, to a basketball game later that day. Or if I did, you know, or if I couldn't make both because there might've been a baseball game or softball game scheduled at the same time as basketball, you know, I'd have to, um, reach out to one of the other two student workers that we have on um, the work uh, right under me. Um, or if they weren't available, I would just kind of have to reach out to anybody I knew that enjoyed sports and be like, Hey, would you mind going to baseball game today or basketball today? Um, and, and doing, doing some of these things that I need because we don't have anybody, you know, to do it. And, um, you know, thankfully coach Sharp's been very understanding of the situation and he's been very like level headed and uh, communicating very well with me and the other two or three student workers that, um, work pretty closely alongside me. And so we've, we've had good leadership from him and good, good communication with him, but it's just kind of work in progress. We all got kind of used to it. 
Um, it's still busy and it's still stressful. Um, but it, you know, we all, we're all able to work through it. And then, like you just said, you know, it all kind of came crashing down. And, uh, yesterday or two days ago, I got a call from one of the football coaches and wanted me to do something. And I got kind of excited. I was like, yes, I can, you know, I can do something again. <laughs> Cause it made me feel like I was able to, um, you know, do something for Washita and, in this time of where I'm, you know, separate from Washington, I'm not able to be on campus and feel that. Um, and I kind of come out and mom's like, what are you, what are you so excited about? And I was like, I just got uh, a job to do on the website. And she goes, <laughs> can you say that again for me? Cause all I ever hear you talk about is how stressed you are. So, so yeah. Yeah. It has changed quite a bit, but, uh, uh just over a year, uh, left for you, uh, in your time at Washita, uh, as you look, uh, um, uh, to graduation and what do you think the future holds and what are you uh, looking to pursue as you after your graduation from Washita? Well, uh, right now, obviously, something in sports um, is what I want to do. So I'm uh, a major in communications and an emphasis in sports media, but then I also minor in uh, business administration. And so I have that business background, too, in case, you know, right out the gate, I can't do something with sports. Um, I might be able to do something with like public relations, which that's something I'm very much looking into with sports, too, is public relations. Um you know, riding on the side or, or something, you know, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I want to do. Ultimately the goal for me is to end up in the, you know, the Dallas area. Um, that's kind of where I want to be. And that's kind of where I want to, you know, root down and be there as long as I can. That's uh, my favorite place on earth. I was born in Plano. Um, I've lived in Fayetteville for most of my life, but Dallas has always been the place that I've ultimately wanted to, to end up and work. Um, and, you know, I want to do that as long as I can. And hopefully it's, you know, with, with sports. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, if you did live down there, you'd have to be where the Mavericks are, and I know that would be very tough for you. Oh yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be real hard. It'd be real hard not for me to go to not for me to go to every game. <laughs> yeah, you know? I bet it would. That, po- that, that's the hard part. Yeah, the only thing uh, the yeah. only thing that would keep you from doing that is the pocketbook. Well, uh, Bates, uh, <laughs> thanks for taking your time out to join. I look forward to hearing your uh, interview with Matthew Branch here on Talking with Tigers. Bates, thanks yeah, for joining good. us, and good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks, Bates. We appreciate uh, Bates taking his time out to join us. Uh, now we will have Bates' uh, interview with Matthew Branch. Matthew is a sophomore, uh, communications and media major with a sports media emphasis from Whitehall, Arkansas. Matthew got the unique opportunity to uh, do play-by-play for Washita baseball and softball this year in a uh, COVID-19 shortened season. Uh, Bates and Matthew will talk a little bit about uh, my, uh, Bates's, uh, excuse me, Matthew's interview with the four of the five seniors of the Washita Tiger baseball team that was aired on our Roar Rundown most recent episode. If you're not familiar with the Roar Rundown, it is the weekly studio show that our students of the Washita Sports Digital Network produce on campus each week uh, during the school year, and they continued to produce those from their houses. And Matthew had a, a Zoom interview with some of those seniors as we try to uh, highlight the seniors who had their seasons cut short. Bates also talks to Matthew about his work in OSDN and an opportunity he has this summer, hopefully, with a college baseball league in Colorado. Now let's listen to Bates Yoakum as he interviews Washita Sports Digital Network Crew member, Matthew Branch. Dave Jokin here with Matthew Branch today. Matthew is another member of our Washington Sports Digital Network crew. Um, he does many play-by-play broadcasts, uh, specifically this past spring for baseball and softball. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing, Bates? Oh, I'm doing good. Just trying to stay as busy as I can in this uh, social distancing time. So, uh, you recently interviewed some senior baseball players um, and their thoughts and getting their thoughts and their feelings on how their senior baseball year has been cut short due to the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you interviewed them about, what, what was running through their mind? Uh, well, I started out with the interview. I just kind of, to get it out of the way, I talked about how they felt whenever they got the news of the virus or uh, the virus canceling their season and stuff like that. And, uh, I interviewed four of the five seniors. It was Jackson Nichols, Brandon Matros, Logan Honeycutt, and Sheldon McCown, who all came on and did the interview with me. They all kind of agreed with the same thing, that it was a kind of a, a shock, and it took a while to kind of sink in. And they were done playing baseball. And it, it, I couldn't imagine exactly what they were going through, but they were and they were all shocked whenever the news broke, and, and rightfully so, being upset about it, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, did they... Did they say anything specific on what they've been up to um, and the extra free time that they unexpectedly got? 
Well, a few of them have been uh, work. I know Jackson said he's been working with his dad here and there and trying to stay busy with all the schoolwork that we've been getting. And feel, I mean, Brandon Matros is still planning a wedding and trying to get everything situated for that after the summer and school starts or school ends. Sorry, when school ends. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as their future plans, they say um, what they're looking forward to in the future or kind of, kind of what's in store for them. Oh yeah, they, yeah. I did. I asked them about their what's you know their next step after graduating in May. Whenever we either actually have a commencement, commencement, hopefully, or we or Washita mails them their diplomas. But uh, they all had they all had something lined up. Whether it was going straight into the workforce, I showed him accounts that he was going to med school in Texas. Uh, Jackson said he had been applying to get some jobs in high schools to be a coach and a teacher. And a few, and the other ones there said they had jobs lined up. And like I mentioned, Brandon, uh, Brandon Matros was getting ready for a wedding. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, did they mention anything about their time with the Tigers um, playing baseball and any, anything that they remember fondly or what they're kind of what they're holding on to in their uh, three and a half, four years playing baseball here? Yeah, I asked them what their favorite memories were, but they said there's there were too many to choose one specific thing from all of them kind of said the same thing we're talking about just being there with the guys and the road trips the practices just everything about it in the community and the family that had been established there with tiger baseball even with a coaching change the family and the bond between the players was still there and that's something that they'll never forget as long as they as long as they live it's it was that family that that they made was one of their favorite things about being with the being part of the tiger baseball program yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm here again with Matt Branch, and uh, we were just discussing the COVID-19 uh, outbreak and how it's affected Tiger baseball. And uh, Matt, I know that you had some summer plans um, that have kind of had to change because of the whole situation. Can you tell me more about, more about that? Well, right now, it's, it's still set to happen. We're still trying to work out some logistics. So I'm supposed to be headed to Colorado to be the head broadcaster for the Mile High Collegiate Baseball League, which is a summer summer baseball league and played in several cities across Colorado, from Colorado, uh, I believe Colorado Springs all the way down, or from Fort Collins all the way down to Pueblo, and here, there, and everywhere in between. As of now, it's still supposed to start. We're waiting on to hear, waiting here for or here on some more guidelines going forward with sporting events and sporting venues and. I'm supposed to report May 10th, but I highly doubt that that's going to happen. It, right now, it's all still supposed to happen. Hopefully, it still goes through and we can still have sports back by this summer, which is something I'm definitely hoping for. Yeah, well, we all hope you get that opportunity. It's a big-time opportunity. I'm sure it would be a ton of fun, too. Um, so hopefully, you'll get to, at least in some capacity, uh, get to experience that uh, in some form. But uh, moving on, um, so you're, again, a mem- one of our uh, – many members of Washington Sports Digital Network. Um, what have you gotten to do um, through Ozen? What is, you know, what, what's your favorite thing to do? Which, you know, is it directing or play-by-play? Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience so far with Washington Sports Digital Network? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've, I've loved my experiences so far. I've kind of gotten to do a bit of everything since we started it back in August. I mostly ran camera or helped with the graphics during the football season. Uh I covered, I helped do color and fill in on a soccer game, which in all honesty, I had no idea what I was doing before that one. I mean, I did camera for volleyball and then I got to start, I started getting to direct a little bit during basketball season and directed several of the men's or women's games. It was, it's been great. And then, like I said, I got to do, like you mentioned earlier, I've been getting to do some play by play. I did several of the baseball games and then. I believe it was three total softball games before everything got shut down and canceled and we got sent home. But it's been some amazing experience that I know I could not have gotten anywhere else in the country as a sophomore at a four-year university. Because I was looking at other schools and they said, yeah, you could do this, but you won't get any hands-on stuff until you're at least a junior, if not a senior, depending on what you want to do. So it's been great, the experiences. And my favorite part is probably getting to do the play-by-play for baseball and softball because that's kind of the career path I, I want to take later on. Yeah, absolutely. I know I uh, I know I share that same feeling of getting that valuable hands-on experience um, at an early freshman or sophomore level 
versus going to you know a bigger name four-year school university and you know potentially having to be on a waiting list almost to do that so it's definitely very nice to have that hands-on experience for sure um so uh, like we mentioned you uh, have been doing play-by-play this past spring for softball and baseball can you tell me a little bit more about that oh yeah it was great it's uh it was a lot of fun started the i believe the first series i did was the series against UAM, which that one was that one was fun. It was it was tough because it was the first time I had done a baseball broadcast, and I ended up having to do it on my own because my color commentator, the guy I rotate out responsibilities with, had to go do a local or the Arkadelphia High School basketball games, so but he couldn't make it because they were in district or regionals. So I did that by myself. It, that was a lot of fun. It's been it was nice getting to know the guys, starting to get to know Coach Howard a little bit. We had had a meeting or two going over the team and the season so far and they had kind of gotten on a hot streak and I was really looking forward to seeing where they went in year two at coach Howard because they were starting to they hadn't been swept they almost swept Southern Nazarene they were fighting really well against some of the best teams in the conference and softball was looking to do pretty good ended up with us the last two games were a sweep over or a doubleheader sweep over Mississippi College that one was a that was a fun night to get the call with game one being a walk off and game two winning by a run or two. It was, I enjoyed every minute of it, getting to do the broadcast for these teams and then working with Preston Crowder for several other of the baseball games was great fun too. No doubt. No doubt. And I know that you and I worked this together. Um, we got, we got, got to do a, a Washington sports digital network first back in, I believe it was, late January, early February, when you did a uh, play-by-play for the swim team. Um, I believe I was directing and running a camera uh, during that meet, but that was kind of the first time we'd ever done a swim meet. What was your, what was your thoughts about that? Uh, that, was a, that was a lot of fun to get to be the voice of the first broadcast. I spent the, about the entire week leading up to that meet watching as much Olympic swimming as I could to learn how to broadcast a swim meet because I, I hadn't watched a ton of swimming to know how to do it. I was talking to a few of my uh, the friends that I have on the swim team, and then I was looking up terms. I had a list of the correct terms beside me whenever I was doing the broadcast, and it was it was a very unique and it was interesting. And I honestly enjoyed every minute of getting to do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Matt, I think that's going to do it for this interview. Thank you for taking the time and um, uh, letting us know about your interviews with baseball players and a little bit more about yourself and uh, your role with OSIN. All right. Well, thank you, Bates. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed being here. Yeah, no problem. This was Bates Yoakum and Matt Branch with Washington Sports Digital Network. I'd like to thank Bates and Matthew for that interview. It's been fascinating to hear our students as they talk to their fellow classmates about what the experiences have been like uh, when they do have those uh, the, the, the senior seasons come to an end abruptly uh, as everything has this spring. Here's a little teaser of Matthew's interview. Again, for the whole interview, head on over to the Roar Rundown YouTube channel, and you can see this week's episodes and also catch up on the Roar Rundown episodes if you've missed some throughout the year. We're going to get the bad question out of the way here. We're going to talk about the riot virus for just a second, and then we'll get into some better stuff. So I guess we'll start with, uh, well, it doesn't matter who we start with, we can say Brandon. How did you feel or react when you first heard the news that season was done? Uh, I was kind of in shock, kind of like with everybody else, just didn't really know what was going on, and just knew there's a lot of unknowns um, out there. So really, I mean, I was, I mean, I was like, okay, we won't play this weekend, but we'll, we'll probably be back like here pretty soon. And then our, I guess, all the news started coming out with everybody canceling their whole season and championships getting canceled. So it was kind of, I was, and honestly, in shock for a while, and. and just didn't really know what to think, but I mean, we were all pretty pretty bummed because we knew it was over. Yeah, we'd seen, you know, the NBA had shut down like a day or two before, and so we kind of thought, oh, well, our season might kind of get put on pause. Some of us were joking before our last practice, you know, oh, this might be the last time we get to practice here at OBU, but we didn't really actually think that it was going to be the last time. So, yeah, it's sad that it wasn't just a pause, that it's permanent. We wrap up today's episode, well, 
you're almost halfway through the episode because our wrap up took a little long time and uh, after you hear our guest you'll you'll kind of understand why our our next guest is Rex Nelson the football voice of the Washita Tigers since 1978 and how he got into that job uh, he'll uh, detail a little bit but since 1978 with the exception of a few years when he was working in Washington DC Rex has been the football voice of the Washita Tigers he grew up in Washita Hills just beyond AU Williams Field and Benson Benson Williams uh, Field at uh, Cliff Harris Stadium now. Uh, Rex is also uh, a long family tradition of attending Washita. He talks a little bit about that. We get into his passion for Washita, some of the ups and downs that he's called in Washita football history over the last several decades. Talk about the fun of road trips and uh, some of the way that uh, he gets his famous calls. Uh, if you've listened to Rex, you know that he is very excited, uh, excited when he's doing uh, Washita football games. And uh, we talk about some of those calls, uh, uh, the famous touchdown calls. Where did those come from? It's a, uh, a tip to some of the, uh, the uh, mentors and some of the pioneers in college football broadcasting that he listened to growing up. This was a fantastic interview, a long interview, but uh, I told Rex at the outset that we could have gone on for an hour, uh, but we decided not to uh, go that far. But uh, here's my interview on Talking with Tigers with someone who usually talks to Tigers, as I'll uh, open the interview up here in a second. But our thanks to Rex Nelson, the voice of the Washita Tigers, for hopping on today on our podcast. Our next guest on Talking with Tigers uh, doesn't really need an introduction. He's the one usually talking to Tigers, uh, the voice of the Washita Football Tigers, Rex Nelson. Rex, uh, thanks for joining us. I know that uh, this is a, a very strange uh, time that we're all going through. Uh, everybody has a few more minutes to, uh, to, to lend to things like this, so we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and joining us on Talking with Tigers today. Oh, I'm happy to, Chris. Like you said, I got a lot of extra time. I'm usually traveling the state, doing a lot of public speaking uh, this time of year, and of course, all of that is off. I, luckily, I can still write my columns and do all my writing from home. But uh, with the travel all cut out, uh, it still leaves a lot of extra time. It is a, a time where uh, during the COVID nineteen uh, uh, last week on the episode two, as we record this on uh, uh, the uh, last week of April. Uh, we last episode, uh, Josh Salem talked to David Sharp about what it was like when they got the word that uh, the seasons and the practices of the spring sports were going to be shut down. And uh, it's it's really been kind of like that for everybody. Although uh, your product, a senior editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette still has to be put out daily and very valuable, especially in this time. Uh, but the method of that and people going into the office and things like that has changed for everybody uh, around the country. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of the staff down there. Let me tell you, I'm over on the opinion side as a columnist. The bulk of the work are being is being done by our editors and our writers, and reporters uh, over on the news side of the operation, and it just amazes me what they're able to do every day because uh, we're still putting out a full paper. And like you said, never has it been more important to inform citizens, give detailed, reliable information than it is right now. And uh, as you can imagine, our web traffic is way, way up since mid-March. So uh, things go on at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It's just that that big newsroom down at Capitol and Scott Street and downtown Little Rock is uh, pretty well empty and everybody's doing their work from home right now. Well, not only that, but everybody's reading online as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, Rex has spoken to my classes, my intro to communications classes for the last two semesters, also the sports journalism class at Washita, and talked about the, uh, the transition to online uh, delivery of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, one of those things being that uh, a lot of newspapers, including the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, has made the coronavirus coverage uh, free to even non-subscribers just because it is such a value, valuable public information site. Yeah, and that will remain that. And uh, then, you know, from a purely business standpoint, hopefully some of those people, uh, after this is all over, will realize the value of the Democrat Gazette and will get subscriptions. I, I have to tell you, our, our publisher, Walter Husband Jr., 
uh, looks prescient now in, in having moved to digital publication when he did. Uh, so in the bulk of the Arkansas counties now, uh, at least six days a week, we still deliver a Sunday paper, but six days a week we don't have to worry about carriers being out there getting to people's homes. Uh, people can simply pick up their iPad and uh, read their paper on their iPad every morning. So, uh, boy, the timing of that move could not have been better for us. You mentioned uh, when this is all over with, and, I, and when this is all over with, one of the things that will get back to normal at some point is uh, the, the world of sports. Uh, obviously, nothing like this has ever just completely shut down the world of sports, uh, anywhere from professional, college, high school. But we are looking forward to the day that when we do get back into the swing of things, although things may be different for a little bit, uh, uh, one of those things that will get back is Washita football. And that's what we wanted to take our time to mostly talk to you about today is the uh, uh, your, your role as the play-by-play voice of the Washita football Tigers. Uh, you know, it's it's something that uh, you started when you were in college, and, and you gave the story to my students. I'm going to ask you to do that in a little bit, but uh, your whole your whole life, uh, Washita has been a part of it. Growing up in Washita Hills, uh, living in Arkadelphia, but uh, Washita, and in particular Washita football, has been a part of your life uh, um, from from the get go. And I know that that's a very special, one of the most special uh, uh, aspects of, of of your your life. Oh, absolutely, Chris. Uh, Long before I was even thought of, uh, uh, it it was a a part of my family's life because my father came from a poor family during the Great Depression in Benton. He could have never gone to college unless it would have been from the aid of the football coaches at Washtenaw. He came there in the 1940s, uh, was a freshman in the fall of 1942, went off and served as a bombardier on a B-17 for a while and then came back to Washita, uh to complete college and play his final three seasons. And that's where uh, he and my mother met. Uh, I ended up growing up a block from the football stadium and uh, Buddy Benson, uh, the great Washita head coach for 31 seasons, was like an uncle to me. And uh, so my afternoons, and at least, at least until I was in junior high and high school and had football practice in the afternoon, but growing up, my afternoons were all spent in the fall as kind of a water boy at Washita practices and then on the sideline at Washita games. I'm, I'm sure I was in the stands as a baby with my mom holding me. Chris, I can honestly tell you, I can never remember having been at the stand, in the stands at a Washita football game. I've either been on the sidelines or in the press box my entire life. That's what I was going to say next. You know, you went from the sideline to the press box uh, and not the role of a coach uh, either. Uh, take us through back through that uh, um, working at uh, KVRC, KDEL, growing up working for the Siftings Herald, being uh, getting involved in broadcasting uh, with Arkadelphia High School games and then with Washita games. What led you to that, uh, uh, that seat uh, at, in the, of the play-by-play role at Washita? Well, I loved media and I loved sports growing up. I mean, the first thing I would do in the morning, still in my pajamas actually, uh, would be run out in the driveway of my parents' home at 648 Carter Road in Arkadelphia and pick up the Arkansas Gazette and read it cover to cover, starting with the sports section uh, every day. Uh, Jim Bailey writing about the Arkansas Intercollegiate Conference and Washington Henderson and Orville Henry writing about the Arkansas Razorbacks. So, uh I love that. So when I was in high school, I began working uh, both at the Arkadelphia radio station and uh, a weekly paper we had then, the Southern Standard in Arkadelphia. Uh, I became their sports editor as a high school student. I covered everything, Washington Henderson, and high school, everything but football. And I couldn't cover it because I was playing it. I was actually playing <laughs> on my high school football team. So my friend Jeff Nessary actually covered Badger games for the uh, for the Siftings Herald, but I, I I mean for the Southern Standard, but I wrote everything else. And then when I decided to stay home and go to Washita, uh, I kept working at the radio station and also got hired at the Daily Siftings Herald, which at the time was our daily newspaper. It published five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday in Arkadelphia. So I worked two jobs in addition to going to Washita. Uh, I had signed on my freshman year to be the uh, color commentator on the football games. Uh, a Washtenaw graduate named Glenn Hoggard 
from Conway uh, was doing the play-by-play. And about midway through the season, uh, my phone in my dorm room rang early one Saturday morning. It was this real scratchy connection. And uh, I said, where are you, Glenn? It was Hoggard. And he said, I'm in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) And I said, Saudi Arabia? He was working for a company called Ward Bus Company, which used to be a major manufacturer in Conway of school buses. And Ward had gotten a contract to sell school buses to the Saudi government to take Muslim pilgrims to Mecca. Now, you can't make that kind of stuff up. (laughs) And so Glenn had gotten sent to Saudi Arabia to work on that contract, uh, said, you're going to have to do tonight's game. Well, I ended up doing the rest of the season. So I started play-by-play midway through the 1978 season. That was my freshman year at Washtenaw at Arkansas Tech at old Burkle Field up there. Uh, William Miller, Washtenaw's great running back, had a long run in the second half. We won the football game and so that's when it all started, actually midway through the 1978 season as far as play-by-play. I'd been the color man the first half of the season. And it hasn't stopped. Uh, no, what it hasn't stopped. It, it took a five-year break yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. It took a five-year break in the 80s. I was assistant sports editor uh, in 85 uh, for the Arkansas Democrat, and so I was running the sports department and had to be in the newsroom every Saturday, and then they sent me to Washington as their Washington correspondent, so then I was in D.C. for the 86, 87, 88, and 89 seasons, so I did not do 85 through 89, those five seasons, Uh, and then I moved back to Arkansas, started up again in 1990, and have done games continuously since 1990, so last year would have made 37 of the previous forty-two seasons that I've done, that I've done play-by-play. What 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 do you think uh, has has kept you in that booth for so long? Other than the fact that it's washed off football and it's part of you, what what do you think has has kept you in that uh, in that spot for so long? You know, I, I love football, and, and as you know, Dr. Jeff Root, uh, the dean there at Washita, has been with me on those broadcasts. Uh, uh, for more than 30 years, uh, Jeff and Jeff grew up even closer to the stadium than I did. We both grew up in Washtenaw Hills, watching Washtenaw football games. We're we're great friends, and you know, if you had asked both of us 20 years ago, uh, would you still be doing this when you're 60? We'd we'd have said no way. <laughs> and as it turns out, Chris, and, and you know me well enough to know this, the truth: the older I get the more important it becomes to me. Uh, Those members of that broadcast crew, uh, with uh, Richard Atkinson now having worked with us the last 11 seasons, Michael Westbrook for the last uh, five seasons, those are, and you've traveled with us, you've worked with us through the years, it becomes like family, it just becomes a part of your life. And uh, if I were to give it up at this point, it would almost be like uh, telling a part of my family, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to come see you anymore on Saturdays <laughs> in the fall." Yeah, uh, it, it, it it is like family when you when you've been through uh, as many battles as we have, and uh, you know, much as I love it, it's still Division Two, and uh, you and I both know, Chris, Division Two can be an adventure every time you go on the road. So we. We have plenty of stories to tell. No doubt. Let's let's let's. Uh, well, there are a few that we can tell. A few that people probably wouldn't want to be told. But let's talk about that. That was one of the things I wanted to get into as well. Road trips. Uh, uh, there's just something about uh, a road trip, whether it's nowadays to uh, one of the uh, uh, Arkansas schools or to Oklahoma. You go back to the days of the Gulf South when you had the road trips to either Delta State or West Alabama, North Alabama, all the way to Valdosta and West Georgia, some of those trips. There's just something about one of those road trips, and I joke with the, some of my students about if you ask Rex about a radio station or a restaurant in any of the uh, 10 or 12 states in the South, he's going to be able to tell you uh, what you're, what, you know, somewhere to eat. But there's just something about those road trips. Oh, absolutely there he is. You're the one supposed to be interviewing me, but I'll I'll ask you a question because I think I know the answer to it. <laughs> Are not those football road trips that you took with the late, great Max Sisson, which you did as a student at Washtenaw, are those not among 
your most cherished memories of your college years? They are, and I tell you what, uh, when I was going, my parents recently moved from one house in Arkadelphia to another, and in that move, they came... um, uh, they came. They found came across a box of, of, of stuff from my days at Washita, and in there was a feature writing assignment I had done in Dr. Bill Downs's class uh, in the fall of '97 about a road trip, Saturday road trip of a football game, and so I uh, I, I read back through that and it just brought a flood of memories uh, uh, back. But yeah, those are some of the uh, uh, you know. Uh, you you introduced me to any AM radio station uh, from from <laughs> Oklahoma to Georgia, um, the restaurants, uh, never eat at a chain restaurant, and then also uh, when you go to Florence, Alabama, be careful about uh, who has the keys and make sure they don't get flushed down the drain. Oh, what what a great story that was! And, and you know, Chris, you can mention a game from years back, and I'll I, and I'm not saying this to brag; it's just how important it is to me. And and you know, this is the truth, and you can too. I can not only remember details of the of the game, but I I will likely be able to still remember where we ate breakfast on the way over that morning and where we ate after the football game. Yeah, maybe a lot of that because we always ate at the same places on the way to, to Oklahoma. <laughs> JD's uh, JD's truck stop in Ada and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, you now know. the best the best was when we talked Mac into doing the double JD. You remember if it were an afternoon game, we would eat our pre-game meal and have their plate lunch there and then uh, after the game if we won which luckily we usually did over there uh, if we won mac would be in a good mood and we'd go back to jd's and get a steak that night for supper that's right uh I, you know I, I teased the story about the keys and i'll um uh, save the uh um, embarrassment of the guilty party because I would like to save uh, 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 have a, have a good uh, <laughs> happily rest of my married. happily married uh, life. But uh, we did have a trip with uh, Dr. Jeff Root and Deborah Root and uh, my wife and myself and Rex, and we get interrupted in the second quarter with a knock at the window and or the door. And long story short, the keys to the rental van that uh, we had purchased or rented to make the trip to North Alabama uh, ended up in the uh, sewer system of Florence, uh, uh, Brawley Municipal uh, Stadium in Florence. And uh, yeah. uh, because I do have such a uh, level-headed uh, spouse, she was able to uh, have somebody come out, feel sorry for it, and make a key by the time you got off the air. So uh, I, uh, that I, was... I, I was just happy. Actually, I ended up being relieved that that's all it was because when she walked in, Chris, <laughs> Uh, I, I was afraid somebody in the family had died because you will remember she literally did have tears rolling down both sides <laughs> of her face. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. The Applebee's meal that night was uh, very uh, enjoyable. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned uh, the trips to uh, East Central and some of these. You said you, you've had a lot of success over there. There have been years of success, like the last dozen or so. Uh, there have also been lean years. Uh, uh, you and I were both on the uh, committee back in December of uh, 1998 that uh, uh, brought Todd Knight to Washita. Um and I re- saw I remember a story and I came across it and looking some things up. Uh, I think you saw called it Tears at 10 and 0. It was a an entry. Yep. Excuse me on your blog, uh, Rex Nelson Southern Fried. It was after the first season that Washita had an undefeated season, uh, which we all. Uh, those of us who have been around the program for a while, uh, I think appreciate it a little bit more because of some of those lean years. Uh, but uh, talk about broadcasting during some of those years. I remember there was a game against Southwest Baptist uh, in the old press box where the first oh. two, last two rows of the of the seats are are right beside, the, right in front of the uh, of your broadcast position. And there were some lean years. Uh, and then Coach Knight and his staff got the got it turned around. And I know that you don't take any of these seasons that Washita has had recently for granted but uh, uh but that that comes from 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 experience yeah we lost to southwest baptist in the rain one night and and they had a losing streak coming into that game i want to say it was 20 something games chris yeah. and we lost to them at home andy westmoreland was the president washed at the time he would sit right in front of us and he was so stunned and so upset he did not leave at the end of the game he sat there by himself and during an ad during the postgame show, I told Jeff Root, I said, I think the president is so upset, he's going to fire everybody, <laughs> including the broadcast crew, after this. Uh, <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Right. But, you know, my love of the school, love of doing broadcast, uh, luckily kept us going all those years. But, uh, uh, 
if you had ever told me we would have back-to-back undefeated seasons in the regular season, which we've had the past two years, uh, I, I, did just, I just wouldn't believe it. And that's why I never take it for granted, because I know how hard it was to get here. I mean, I was there Todd Knight's first year when we're down by 50 points in the fourth quarter in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a tough broadcast to do. Uh, uh, let me tell you, and and I've been through that. And, and there were times, uh, Chris, you know, and it's all a matter of it shows it's all a matter of perspective. But there were many of those road trips in years we were struggling, where we felt pretty good, uh, you know, going out to eat after a loss just because we'd been competitive in a certain game. Right. Yeah, and, and that's not necessarily the case anymore. Uh, you know, no, it's, no, uh, no, you uh, expect to win. <clears throat> that's right. You, now at Washtenaw, you expect to win every time you take the field. Um, out of thirty-seven plus years of doing games, uh, I, I do. I, I did tell the students when you spoke to our class that uh, I'd give them an answer of a trivia question: Who was on the microphone or behind the microphone the last time Rex Nelson uh, missed <laughs> a game? Uh, and that would have been the uh, season of you missed one in '98 and one in 1997, I believe. A, a trip to Midwestern State in Wichita Falls, Texas, the fall of '98, when you were running the uh, uh, gubernatorial campaign for uh, Mike Huckabee, and then one time in '97 around the same uh, situation. But uh, since you came back, that's 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 all you've missed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you and Patrick Netherton did those games. I was working in the governor's office on the governor's staff in 97, and we had some major event on a weekend. And then in 98, I had actually taken a leave from state government, and I was his campaign manager, and it was late in the campaign leading up to the November election. And I I just thought to myself, if something blows up and I'm out of state, I'll never hear the end of it from Governor Huckabee. So so I I let you guys do a a road game this year. But uh, starting with the... Starting with the '99 season, uh, which was Ty Knight's first season, uh, I have I have never never missed a Washtenaw game. So uh, uh, knock on wood, uh, thanks to the good Lord and good health, um, knock on wood, I haven't missed any. And uh, so nobody has ever, uh, nobody else has ever called a Todd Knight coach game at Washtenaw. We'll put it that way. Thanks to the good Lord, good health, and a little bit of blue juice. Uh, yeah, you know, a- absolutely. You know, uh, got, Rex. Got, I, I learned long ago, uh, Chris, that I was, that I was starting to get a little older, and it was important to stay hydrated during football games, especially on hot nights. Yeah, uh, I, anybody who's listened to you knows that you get into it. Um, you get into the games, positive, negative, whatever. It's an emotional broadcast. Can you tell the story of after that Henderson game? I, uh, I believe it was 2001. Which yeah, the we story, opened the, the, the legend. Yeah. The le- that was my first game as sports information director. Uh, you came back the next uh, couple of weeks, and that's where the legend of Blue Juice was uh, <laughs> was born. Can you kind of take us through that uh, uh, situation of how how you ended up having to drink uh, a yeah. Powerade, two bottles of Powerade for a broadcast? Yeah, I, uh, I I did that Henderson game and got so into it. It was about it was over a hundred degrees. You'll remember Chris yep. at kickoff uh, that night. We were in different conferences at the time. We and that's when the, the game start. was. At, that's when the game was at the uh, the first of the season since Henderson was in yep. the Gulf South and Washita was in the Lone Star. Right, right. It was the opening game of the season. It was. Uh, late August, early September, so it was more than 100 degrees uh, leading into the game. Uh, the old box that we used to be in, uh, I would say remember fondly, but I'll leave off the fondly and just <laughs> say we remember it well. The old press box with no air conditioning, no circulation, I uh, was in there, and I just got so into the game. I, I didn't have so much of a as a swig of water uh, during that broadcast. I, I just so into it, I never – Never had anything. Uh, I was still working in the governor's office at that point and flew out the next morning with the governor to go to the Southern Governors Association annual meeting at the Homestead Resort up in Virginia. And uh, um, um, I, I was just feeling weak uh, at that meeting. And, and with each passing day, I felt weaker and tireder, Chris. And so I got home a couple of days later. And we lived in the place then where our bedrooms were on the second floor. And I, I literally could barely get up the steps and 
my wife said, you've got to get in the doctor first thing in the morning. And so I go into the doctor, and he said, well, your heart heart looks good. They, you know, done the electrocardiogram. And uh, said, what have you been doing? So I described, <laughs> and he said, do you have anything to drink during that broadcast? And uh, I said, no. And he said, I, I think you just totally dehydrated. He said, I've got a blood test that will show that. So they did a quick blood test. He said, man, you've been dehydrated. He said, um, um, at a minimum, every game, I don't even care when it turns cold, I'm ordering you to do this, you've got to drink uh, at least two bottles of sport drink every game. I mean, it was literally doctor's orders. <laughs> so as, as you well remember, Chris, for the rest of that season, we'd stop at a convenience store going into a town, and I'd get my, and I preferred the blue flavor, yeah, I'd get my two bottles of Powerade every game. The blue juice legend was born. Um, yeah. Uh, any... Uh, we talk about your calls. Uh, uh, they're on some of those trips that we would go. Uh, if we were fortunate enough to play, if we were playing a night game, we'd catch an afternoon game on the radio. If we're playing an afternoon game, we'd catch a night game uh, to wherever our destination was, whether it was all the way back or halfway. Uh, you introduced us to a lot of the broadcasters that you grew up listening to, and so some of your calls, you've got the uh, Give Them Six, Touchdown, Washita, Land of Milk and Honey, some of those you came up with yourself. Well, who were some of your inspirations in broadcasting from growing up uh, uh, listening listening to college football games? Well, I, I tell you, I, there were old announcers that I just really loved. Uh, John Ferguson uh, from LSU, who did games before Jim Hawthorne. Jim Hawthorne then did games for many years. But when I was a boy, John Ferguson was doing them. And you could always, at night, of course, get WWL out of New Orleans, which we've listened to many a night, as you know, right. the big 870 uh, all over the country. So I ended up listening to John Ferguson of LSU. Uh, but I, I loved the late John Ward of Tennessee. And, and he, he was the guy uh, that did – give him six and john ward also did the countdown five four three two one and and so i adopted that as kind of a tribute to john ward and then uh so i'm telling you things aren't aren't original to me uh promised land and land of milk and honey was um, actually uh done by the by the voice of Mississippi State football for more than 50 years. And uh, and so a little bit from Tennessee, a little bit from Mississippi State. I mean, there were just some legendary broadcasters uh, in this part of the country when I was uh, growing up. And uh, and now it's kind of expected of you. you know? <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't do it every time. I mean, you listen to our highlights. Every touchdown's not a promised land, not a – Land the milk and honey. It's got to be natural, and sometimes it comes naturally. But but they are uh, they they are tributes uh, to people uh, I, I grew up grew up listening to. One of the calls a couple of years ago uh, got to, it was a Keandre Evans with a 106 yard interception return for a touchdown. Ended up thanks to social media, ended up making it on uh, ESPN and Sunday Night Football. What was the uh, what? How, what was that like hearing your voice on uh, uh, Sunday Night Football with Mike Tirico, Dan Patrick, you know Tony Dungy, and that type of situation? Yeah, I think surreal is the word for it. Uh, you know, I, I think about I, I mentioned uh, uh, Jack Crystal, who did Mississippi State games for more than fifty years, and he he was uh, he was probably never had one of his calls uh, even there. I would think at, at halftime at the NFL game, but it was it was the homecoming game, and and our youngest son Evan was still a student at Washtenaw. So one of the requirements my wife would put every year is that I had to stay for the late show of Tiger Tunes to see uh, Evan perform with the Betas. So uh, I had been to that show, and as I was driving back, my phone just started blowing up, and I'm. I'm really old school, Chris. I I don't look at text or I don't even take calls when I'm driving. And I was driving back to Little Rock by myself. My wife and her mother, I would get them a hotel room, but I like to come on home, even though it was late after that. So I get home, and they're just messages from all <laughs> over the country. And it was that Scott Van Pelt uh, ran your highlight as the sign-in. Uh, to his show, uh, College Football Extra, had, uh, I think, signed off with it before that. 
and then uh, Van Pelt had mispronounced Washtal, uh, and uh, people had corrected him, so he ended the show going, Washtal, Washtal, woo! So it was all over ESPN, and my phone was just blowing up. I missed all of it, of course, because I, I was driving back at 11 o'clock midnight uh, from Tiger Tunes. And then uh, the next night, I'm sitting at home, and the phone starts blowing up again, and people are saying, NBC's about to use their call because they had promoted it going into the first ad of the halftime show. So I did turn over to NBC Sunday Night Football right quick and uh, did see that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't do anything to pat myself on the back. It was great play. The player deserves the credit, Keandre. Uh, uh, I, I loved it, though, because it was great publicity for my alma mater in a school I loved. It was just unbelievable national publicity uh, for Washita. And uh, I think you told me how much, uh, and others told me how much the hits went up during that period on the Washita website and a little film on how to pronounce Washita and so forth because of that. Right. And not only that, you go back to the game, that was a big play in the game. Uh, you know, Arkansas playing against Arkansas. Tech, oh, it would have been a one possession a, game yeah, that they scored right there. A two yeah. possession. Watched. I had a two possession lead late in the fourth quarter. Uh, undefeated season on the line, and then Keandre. Uh, obviously, Arkansas Tech driving in, and they threw a pass, and uh, um, Keandre intercepts it on the far sideline. And I know one of the things that uh, uh, that. I called and said, hey, Rex, how about that call? He said, well, they had the audio messed up because I wasn't that far behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, was the, that was the thing. They, they, uh, and you've done such a great job now. You get it linked up perf- perfectly. But at the time on our uh, Internet feed, uh, we, we used the audio from the radio network, and it was a little bit behind. And, uh, and I think on College Football Final, they even said something about, man, that guy's kind of behind or something. <laughs> I thought, no, I, I went behind. It was, it was the audio. It wasn't linked up with the video real well. Uh-huh. I was. Uh, I, I do get a lot, a little behind on the last five yards, of course. That's but, right. Uh, up until then, I was right on. Never missed an extra point, though, and that's the big thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, I want to uh, finish uh, as we, of course, I don't know how long this will end up going as a finishing comment, but each season, each regular season now, thankfully, finishes with the Battle of the Ravine. Um, I believe in that uh, story in the tears at 10 and 0, you said you've been to every Washita Henderson football game, the Battle of the Ravine, since 1963, except for the 86 87 season that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I was so glad I was able to have Nicole Auerbach, who uh, wrote the piece for The Athletic uh, in November uh, on the Washita-Henderson uh, rivalry. I was oh, able to uh, speak to our sports journalism students. I was also able to have Alex Pruitt, who wrote the uh, eight-page spread in Sports Illustrated um, uh, in November. Uh, he actually came down, uh, spent three days, four days here in Arkadelphia. Got a great feel for him, and I told him uh, last week when he spoke to our class that a lot of times when people pick up a story like that that they're not familiar with, somebody can pick out something and say, oh, well, he got this part wrong, but for the most part, I said he did a fantastic job of making it feel like he was as familiar with the rivalry as someone like you were. But I know that this is a, a rivalry that you, uh, others, have always said that deserves national publicity. Uh, thankfully, we got maybe a couple of steps on that. But when you try to talk to someone who has not heard of the Battle of the, of the Ravine, your work with the Little Rock Touchdown Club kind of put you in contact with Desmond Howard a couple of years ago. When you talk to guys like Desmond Howard or, or someone on, on a national stage and you try to explain to them the uniqueness of the Battle of the Ravine between Washita and Henderson, what are some of the things that, you, that stick out to you and some of the selling points uh, that you try to, try to get them to understand? Uh, because I just don't think people, even after hearing about it, really understand the uniqueness yeah just the fact that it's unique you know there are very few things in this world that are truly unique and and that is one of them uh, because it, it's the only college football game in america where the road team doesn't fly to a road game they don't they don't uh, bus to a road game they literally walk to a road game and alex did such a good job in sports illustrated i mean i'm Long thought they should have done a story. They finally did. Uh, 
we're going to get – now, you've always heard me say this, Chris. We're going to get ESPN game day there before I die, let me tell you. We're, we're going to make that work one of these years. That's that's the next step because it, it, it's just unique. And I, I have decided every year of the week of that game, one of my Democrat Gazette's uh, columns is going to be about the Battle of the Ravine because it's there's just nothing else like it. And everybody who lives in Arkansas, whether they like football or not, owes it – to himself or herself to to go to a battle of the ravine at least once. Any of the of the ones that you sing, I know there's probably can't pick a top one. Can you just a few? When people ask you what are your favorite ones, what are some of the ones that stick out? Is it seventy five? Is it uh, yeah, two thousand thirteen? Seventy five game, I still think is the greatest college football game I've ever witnessed in person. Uh, Washtenaw had one loss. Henderson was undefeated. Back then, they were in the old NAI. They were both in the top ten. Winners going to the national playoffs, which, Chris, was only a four-team playoff in those days. So you're in the national semifinals if you win. Uh, And and, uh, Washtenaw was playing at Henderson. Uh, We had, for a few years there, a joint homecoming and played at their stadium every year. So it was technically our home game. Max Sesson, who I mentioned earlier, was on the PA that day. It was 29 degrees at kickoff, a cold day. Washtenaw's trailing 20 to 14, last drive, and it comes down to fourth and 25. Washtenaw converts that by 25 yards and one inch. I, I can see it like it was yesterday. I was on the sideline. The referee literally, if you've seen referees go down to their knees after the chains are pulled. Uh, to look at it closer, goes down to his knees and signals Henderson's football. They would have just simply run out the clock had we come short there. Washtenaw scores two plays later. Uh, Bill Vining Jr. is our quarterback. He throws the ball to uh, Ken Stuckey. Both those guys remain friends of mine to this day. Uh, for the touchdown, then uh, Russell Daniel uh, kicks the extra point. Washtenaw wins 21 21- to 20, goes to the national playoffs. Great game. Uh, 82, we have to come from behind late, drive the length of the field in that same stadium to beat Henderson. Uh, we do that in uh, 82 to win the Arkansas Intercollegiate Conference. Same stadium again in 2014, even though the game doesn't come down to a last drive or anything. As you said, it's our first undefeated season. That's when the tears flowed, the column that you Mm -hmm. mentioned. uh, That goes up there. And then, of course, this past season, uh, back at uh, Cliff Harris Stadium, uh, Washtenaw has to drive down the field in the final minute, score to come from behind, uh, uh, undefeated season, trip to the playoffs, outright conference championship. Those are – those are my top four battle of the ravines. Yeah, I've I've not not seen nearly as many as you have, but uh, each year that you have a close one, and and you know, for for years we said, man, this sure would be n- nice if it was on the back ha- back end of the schedule like it used to be. Well, it finally got there thanks to the Great American Conference, and then you say, man, it sure would be good if it was for a conference championship. And for a lot of the last decade, that's been the case. And uh, this last year, when yep. playoffs were on the line for both teams, uh, a back and forth in the in the late of the stages of the fourth quarter, uh, there's nothing quite uh, like it. And I know that that's one of the, the highlights of each season uh, that you get to broadcast Washington football. And, Chris, you'll agree with me on this. I, I said those were my four favorite uh, Battle of the Ravines, but two of the greatest football games I've ever called on the radio were actually losses. 2011, when those of us wearing purple thought Chris Rycroft had scored on the <laughs> last play of the game, it wasn't given to him against Henderson. And then two years later, both there on the Washtenaw field, uh, a game that went three overtimes, uh, which we were just all exhausted at the end of, even the people in the stands watching it. Uh <laughs> Those were both losses, but, you know, you you say one of the greatest games you've ever called. Both of those have to be on the list. Yeah, if, uh, that uh, I was actually moving the the day of the uh, the Rycraw game. Uh, our moving company could only move one day. I had changed jobs. I was uh, 
I said, I, I can miss some of it, but I've got to be there. And sure enough, we, we were listening to it. I said, I, I, I can't move any more boxes. I've got to go. So <laughs> we got yeah. there to, uh, to watch the end and then stayed a lot longer because of the, the, the overtimes and such. And uh, what a fantastic uh, game uh, that was. But uh, well, uh, Rex, I, I really appreciate you taking time to visit with us on Talking with Tigers. Uh, normally, we're talking to people that normally you are talking to Tigers. Uh, and yeah. hopefully that uh, uh, as we record this in April of 2020, uh, uh, states are beginning to prepare what they hope is a, a process that will uh, return people to uh, uh, everyday life in some form or fashion. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to start preparing for some broadcast here in a few months and there can be uh, football in 2020. Now, obviously we want football, but uh, the bigger thing is if we have football, that means that uh, this, uh, this pandemic is, 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 is exiting stage left. And I know that that's what everybody wants and having uh, football in any sports in the fall would be a sign of that. Amen. So uh, my prayer right now as we record this is uh, for many reasons, uh, because America needs it, we have college football and um, uh, we we have football, even if it's one weird season where we don't have fans in the stands, uh, but at least maybe they'd let us broadcast it, even if we had to go that direction and, and we'll We'll make you feel like you're there, even if you're not. I'll put it that way. I guarantee you that it'll be the first time the players ever got to play in a game and hear the PA and the radio all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Uh, it, it, could. it could happen. All right, Rex, uh, thanks a ton for joining us. Uh, appreciate your service to Washita and uh, uh, Washita football over the last few years. We thanks for joining us today. Chris, thank you so much. Again, our thanks to the voice of the Washita football Tigers, Rex Nelson, for joining us today. Also, thanks to Bates Yoakum and Matthew Branch of the Washita Sports Digital Network uh, for joining us also. Thanks for their work, um, along with several others. Katie Hatchett, a sophomore from Shreveport, Louisiana, communications and media major, who's been an instrumental part in uh, continuing our Roar Rundown episodes. Uh, this week's episode that you can find was hosted by freshman Izzy Bond from... Jonesboro, Arkansas. Last week's was hosted by senior Josh Salem from Dallas, Texas. Next week, our anchor will be Caroline Derby, a senior from Arkadelphia. And then we'll finish up with Elizabeth Steely uh, wrapping up this this uh, school year, April 30th, the last episode. But to head on over to the Roar Rundown channel on YouTube and check out our students' work. We thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talking with Tigers, and we'll see you on episode four. The Washita Sports Digital Network is the student sports media production program of the Rogers Department of Communications at Washita Baptist University. For more information on OSDN, email us at osdn at obu.edu or visit our social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.